No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome back to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see God's amazing compassion toward the poor and toward servants and His desire that we share His heart. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Leviticus chapter 25 on Simply the Bible. The more I study God's word, the more I see how compassionate the Lord is toward all his creatures. This extends to his people, to foreigners, to the poor, orphans, widows, and even to animals. Our creator is full of tender-hearted compassion. We continue today in Leviticus chapter 25, verse 35. If one of your brethren becomes poor and falls into poverty among you, Then you shall help him like a stranger or a sojourner that he may live with you. Take no usury or interest from him, but fear your God that your brother may live with you. You shall not lend him your money for usury nor lend him your food at a profit. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt to give you the land of Canaan and to be your God. Poverty is a problem at any time and in any culture, whether through misfortune, disability, ignorance, or laziness. As Jesus said, you have the poor with you always. If a fellow Israelite became poor, they were to care for him as though he were a brother. They were to help him as they would a stranger and even provide a place for him to live with them. They were to lend freely to him, to meet his needs, and were forbidden to charge him interest. If they sold him food, then they were to sell it at their own cost and not make a profit. They were to remember that when they were poor slaves in Egypt, that God was generous to them and brought them out of Egypt to dwell with them and to give them the promised land of milk and honey. They were to treat their brethren the same way that God had treated them. This reveals God's tender-hearted compassion for the poor. Over the years, my wife Cindy and I have had several people live with us who have needed help getting on their feet. Sometimes we have charged them rent where they could afford it, but we have always viewed this as a ministry rather than as a business. As a result, God has blessed us with rich relationships and blessed us financially. As Jesus said, if we give to others, it will be given back to us in good measure. God wants us to share in his tender-hearted compassion toward others. Verse 39, And if one of your brethren who dwells by you becomes poor and sells himself to you, you shall not compel him to serve as a slave. As a hired servant and as a sojourner, he shall be with you and shall serve you until the year of Jubilee. And then he shall depart from you, he and his children with him, and shall return to his own family. He shall return to the possession of his fathers, for they are my servants whom I brought out of the land of Egypt. They shall not be sold as slaves. You shall not rule over them with rigor, but you shall fear your God. There is a propensity in a person's flesh to rule over others in a domineering way, to lord over others. 
Some people don't make helpful suggestions. They tell you what to do or tell you what you've done wrong. But God did not want his people to be ruled with rigor. He had delivered them from the rigorous slavery in Egypt, not to be oppressed by their own brethren. Therefore, a different set of rules apply to the Hebrew servants as opposed to the foreign slaves they had. First, there was the recognition that the Hebrew chose to sell himself because he had become poor. As someone might today contract to provide services for a specific length of time, he was not captured in warfare. Second, he was to be treated as a hired servant rather than as a slave. He was to be treated as we might treat an employee today. He worked for you, but he was not your property and was not to be sold as a slave. Third, he was to go free in the seventh year or the year of Jubilee, whichever came first. The bottom line was that the Hebrews were the Lord's servants. They weren't to be the slaves of others. The Apostle Paul applies this to Christians who have been redeemed with the blood of Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians 7.23 says, You are bought at a price. Do not become slaves of men. The idea is to keep ourselves as free as possible from being enslaved to people so that we may freely serve Christ. This includes keeping ourselves from foolish amounts of debt for according to Proverbs 22.7, the borrower is servant to the lender. Verse 44, And as for your male and female slaves whom you may have from the nations that are around you, from them you may buy male and female slaves. Moreover, you may buy the children of the strangers who dwell among you and their families who are with you, which they beget in your land, and they shall become your property. And you may take them as an inheritance for your children after you, to inherit them as a possession. They shall be your permanent slaves. But regarding your brethren, the children of Israel, you shall not rule over one another with rigor. A different set of rules applied to foreign slaves. During the Civil War, some used these verses to justify slavery. We must understand that God was not instituting slavery because he created man in his image. Thomas Jefferson expressed it well when he wrote those famous words in the Declaration of Independence, we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. But sin changes things. The sin of nations leads to war, which leads to captured prisoners. In those days, many times they became slaves of their conquerors. The institution of slavery was well established when God gave Moses the law. Therefore, rather than instituting it or abolishing it, God brought controls to it. Under the Mosaic Law, slaves had some rights, which was unheard of in the world at that time. But God's compassion for all people extended even to them. The Hebrews were not to take any slaves of the people of the seven nations whom they were dispossessing in the land of Canaan. Those people were all to be utterly destroyed for their wicked and perverse practices. 
But the Hebrews were permitted to take slaves of the surrounding nations or children of the strangers who were dwelling among them. These were not taken by force, but bought from the foreigners themselves. These slaves were not released in the seventh year or the year of Jubilee, but were the permanent possession of the Hebrews, unless a Hebrew chose to set his slave free. The practice of slavery continued into the New Testament. In the first century, it is estimated that one half of the inhabitants of the Roman Empire were slaves. Christianity ultimately abolished slavery, not by force, but by the example of brotherly love. During the Civil War in our country, hundreds of thousands gave their lives on the battlefield to abolish slavery. The abhorrence of slavery was expressed very well in these words by Abraham Lincoln, as I would not be a slave, so I would not be a master. This expresses my idea of democracy. Thankfully, today slavery has been eliminated in our country, or at least it has been made illegal. The sad truth is that human trafficking is still going on beneath the radar. Many times it is the families themselves who traffic their own children. But there is a different kind of slavery that continues unnoticed and unprotested. It is the slavery of sin. Jesus said that whoever sins is a slave to sin. I do not support any so-called civil right that promotes immorality, for in claiming to give people freedom, it in fact makes them slaves to sin. Verse 47. Now if a sojourner or stranger close to you becomes rich, and one of your brethren who dwells by him becomes poor, and sells himself to the stranger or sojourner close to you, or to a member of the stranger's family. After he is sold, he may be redeemed again. One of his brothers may redeem him, or his uncle or his uncle's son may redeem him, or anyone who is near of kin to him in his family may redeem him, or if he is able, he may redeem himself." It was possible that one of the foreigners living among them could become wealthy and purchase Hebrew servants. If you've seen the movie Schindler's List, then you're familiar with a modern illustration. Oscar Schindler, a wealthy German businessman, purchased Jews from the Nazis to work in his factory. They were only too glad to work for him and escape the abuse from the Nazis. When the Allies invaded Germany, Schindler gave the Jews their freedom. Foreigners would be used to owning slaves as their permanent possession. But if they lived in Israel, then they were required to obey the laws of the land. If a Hebrew servant was sold to a foreigner, then the Hebrew could always be redeemed by a family member, that is the kinsman redeemer, or else if he was financially able, he could redeem himself. Verse 50. Thus he shall reckon with him who bought him. The price of his release shall be according to the number of years from the year that he was sold to him until the year of Jubilee. It shall be according to the time of a hired servant for him. If there are still many years remaining according to them, he shall repay the price of his redemption from the money with which he was bought. And if there remain but a few years until the year of Jubilee, 
then he shall reckon with him, and according to his years he shall repay him the price of his redemption. Because a Hebrew servant would be set free in the year of Jubilee, then the price of his redemption from a foreigner would be determined by the number of years until the next Jubilee. Presumably, a Hebrew who sold himself to a foreigner would not go free in the seventh year as he would if he sold himself to a fellow Hebrew. His redemption price would be prorated depending upon how many years he had already served and how many years were left until the next year of Jubilee. God is an exacting businessman. Verse 53, He shall be with him as a yearly hired servant, and he shall not rule with rigor over him in your sight. The foreigner who had a Hebrew servant had to treat him as a hired hand and not rule over him with rigor. He had to acknowledge that the Hebrew was ultimately the Lord's servant and therefore had to treat him with respect. And if he is not redeemed in these years, then he shall be released in the year of Jubilee, he and his children with him. For the children of Israel are servants to me. They are my servants whom I brought out of the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. I hope you see by these laws that God is a gracious and compassionate master. He cares for his servants, which is why I wouldn't want to serve anyone else. I'm quite happy with my employer and my Lord, Jesus Christ. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. They meet Sunday mornings at 1030 at Pepperidge Elementary School in Boise. Also, to listen to any of Pastor Daryl's teachings or to find out more about the church, go to their website at calvarytv.org. They'd really love to hear from you. You can also text them at 208-314-3377 with your questions or comments. Tomorrow we'll see where the Lord promised many blessings to the children of Israel if only they would obey His commandments. We hope you'll join us as we continue our study of Leviticus on Simply the Bible. 